Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. New player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. Welcome to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Ah, thank you, Elton. Welcome to another Saturdays in the Gong, broadcasting from the wonderful Wollongong Golf Club, coming to you through 1575 Illawarra Track, 1170 in Sydney. On the first hour, you'll get it in 1170. Then we're on the SEN app, Fox Sports, Matt Russell, joined by the Illawarra Mercury's Mitch Jennings, proudly wearing a cap, reading Run the damn ball. Is that directed at anyone? Not directed at anyone in particular, Matty. It's just setting the tone as we hit finals because that's what it's all about, Matty. Just run the damn ball. It's all been said, all the other fancy stuff. Or everything's been done. Everything's been said. It all just comes down to the very simple act. Run the damn ball. Plenty of NRL ahead, Geno. We'll get through the three games so far. Look ahead to the rest of the second last round. Tim Barrow will join us to talk spring racing, basketball, World Cup. The Boomers out of the blocks with a big win. Matt Campbell, our very own Matt Campbell, former Boomer, will run us through that result overnight. The Rugby World Cup is looming large. Toby Dawson is going to drop by and talk to us all things rugby. Football with Jordan Warren and lots of fun along the way. I've had fun already this morning listening to a news report that said the Kremlin is accusing others of lying. That, that gave me a chuckle, but that's, that's with Potsy and the news breaks that we have during this great show. Get us on the text line 0457 736 736. 0457 736 736. We have one already from Pete, all the way from Penrith. Morning, Wollongong. Are the Warriors now everyone's roughie? When they are on, they are very hard to stop. How good have their home crowds been this season? They've been extraordinary. That would lift any team. You're right, Pete from Penrith. The Warriors doing really well. We'll get to them in a moment. But firstly, let's start by banging the gong. Thanks to Avcon, our new sponsor. Avcon specialising in industrial and response projects. Think waste management. I reckon you've got some waste management that needs looking after. Well, I recycle a lot of it, I can say. A lot of it's aluminium. <laughs> I'll put it that way, Matty. Emergency spill responses, industrial services, water rescues. Oh, that sounds like me. Key projects, avconprojects.com.au. Ryan Burke and the team at Kaima, thank you for your support. So banging the gong, thanks to Avcon. I want to play this as my bang the gong. In the final minute... Here she is, centre field. They go through the hands for Nathan Wong. Berry, chance, Margot Vela. The Dragons have done it. Gives the Tigers, uh, the Dragons, some good field position in the Harvey Norman replay. The first real time we've seen Tegan Berry chime in on the left there, and Margot Vela scores a four pointer off the back of it. That was the Dragons taking down West Tigers in NRLW last weekend in the final minute. And to set the scene, 16-all, Racine McGregor receives the ball right in front of the uprights. You're thinking field goal for your life, but she sends it through the hands to her left. Uh, 
Tyler Nathan Wong plays her role perfectly. Tegan Berry likewise. Margot Vella goes in. Great result. Great theatre continuing a fantastic NRLW season. That is my bang the gong this week, Mitch Jennings. What about you? Oh, indeed. That was a big one, Matty, just on that. I guess they had to win that. They held him scoreless for an entire second half. And I really like the way Racine McGregor, speaking to her after that Golden Point loss to Canberra, she admitted that it was on her and she got it wrong in some of her decision-making in that Golden Point extra time a week earlier to go and get that done. And to get Margot Bell to cross. Now, Matty, this was what's interesting. We know the antics of Jamie Soward in the coach's box. If you're sitting <laughs> here and it's we, it's all very familiar with it, but even in that, it's still very confronting to hear him screaming, Go, Maggot! <laughs> at the top of his lungs. So I checked with who that is, and that is Margot Bell. Now, that goes, that's got to go down alongside like Germ, Simon Wolf, or Grub. Oh. All these great ones. What's a packet of cigs worth? Waltzing Matt Hill to Maggot. It's the greatest nickname. Margot Bell, I asked. She said, No, I've got three older brothers. It's been called that for as long as I can remember. So there you go. Well, that's I suppose Margot's. You know, when you look at the three older, that's what I said, it's quite logical. If you've got three <laughs> older brothers and you've got a little sister called Margot, well, Maggot's going to come up, isn't it? So uh, uh, she embraces it. It's one of the great nicknames. I'm banging the gong on one of Wollongong's own, one of the best. I'm really excited to see Sammy Goodman get back in action. Matty, he was announced he's going to be fighting on Tim Zoo's next card in October. It'll be Tim Zoo's first world title uh, defence because he'll be elevated the, the minute Jamel Charlo Walks into the ring against Canelo yep. Alvarez in September. It'll be his, so it'll be his first defence of his WBO title. He hasn't yet got an opponent, Sammy Goodman, but he will be keeping busy and taking a bit of a leaf out of Timmy Zoo's book and, and going to stay busy despite the fact that he's that mandatory for the world title. I think he caught it this week. We're a bit like Batman and Robin on these cars. We just keep getting it done. So I think he was hoping to be Batman on a Wollongong card, <laughs> uh, Sammy Goodman, for that uh, that uh, Super Bantamweight title bout, but obviously against Marlon Tapalis, but he's fighting Noah Inouye for a massive fight, so he's just going to have to wait a little bit for his opportunity, but back in action, Sammy Goodman, one of our favourite sons, so I'm going to bang the gong on Sammy Goodman. Well done. Now, what's Sammy Goodman's support crew called? The Mad Bunch. They are mad, aren't they? They're, they're mad. And, and my Mental. boys asked me, they're great Tim Zoo fans, they saw that his next fight was locked in, I could tell them the date. I couldn't tell them where it's going to be staged. Can you? Oh, I can't at this point. No, it's, it's yet to be confirmed as well. As I said, we were we were hoping... Win Stadium. There were genuine... <laughs> no, well, we'd love to see Win Stadium. There were genuine plans to see Sam Goodman fight uh, at the at the WEC next door here. Uh, had he headlined that fight for that world title against Marlon Tapalos. But as I was sort of saying, Tapalos, he's, he's going to take a unification bout with Neuer Inouye. So that's off the table for a little bit. So Sammy will be fighting somewhere else. But now that he's going to be fighting on the Tim Zoo card, I would love Wollongong to host the Tim Zoo uh, card. How a, big would it is be? Is it Australia but at least? Or? It will be Australia. This one will be Australia against Brian Mendoza. So it'll be in Australia, but they're just going to still figure out the venue. You've got it's got to be a big venue, right? It's like got to it, be a big venue. Like it was, they, they easily packed out the last fight I was there, Matty. They packed out the Gold Coast Convention Centre, um, which is perhaps slightly bigger, but around the same capacity as, as the WEC. But You're thinking I think for a world title stadium? fight, I'm thinking big. It's to, Especially when you look at who else they could, might end up being able to put on that card as well. I mean, they've announced the two Could Allianz or Suncorp be possibilities? They could be, I would suppose. I mean, they'd look at all, all the options, I suppose. But it's a Sunday afternoon card as well because, obviously, that's when we beam into America. So mm. they'll look at a lot of options. Kudos in Sydney is always a chance. They haven't typically taken Timmy to Melbourne a great deal. So I don't know. They might want to get down there and 
build a bit of a base there. He's fought in Queensland a lot. Obviously, he's the king of Sydney. Uh, he fights in the Sydney Kings. <laughs> Sydney Kings that, venue quite that, often that, as well. That so, might be another of the options. So I think, yeah, Kudos would be... I'd, I'd certainly be thinking Kudos would be up there. I've watched him fight there a couple of times. Well, Kudos, uh, capacity about 20,000, right? So so I'm wondering whether he has outsold Kudos Bank Arena now, Tim Zhu. Could he get 30 for 40,000 for a world title fight? Well, yeah, it obviously depends on the opponent. Unification look fight, at. I mean. Be, well, because certainly, oh, certainly if he ever gets to a Jamel Charlo again, right. that grudge match, if they could bring that down here and that ever came up, um, I, I think it's Jamel Charlo's about to go up and get absolutely demolished by Canelo Alvarez, so I imagine he'll be, he'll be back down at uh, a super welterweight pretty soon. But I, I think it would depend on the opponent if you were going to go that large. Brian Mendoza, is, he's uh, in the same position as Tim Zhu as far as being the interim WBC holder, which is one of the other belts Jamel Charlo currently holds. So it'll be... That fight has potentially become a unification type fight. So Timmy could go from being an interim to a unified champion in the space of a fight if it all sort of falls that way. Uh, but with with the opponent, I don't know if uh, Brian does would have the draw to really pack out, you know, a, a Combank Stadium or, or something like that. But... You know, it depends who they, they... It's any number of people they could put on it. Maybe Jason Saab and Zach Lomax. There you we go. Heard, we heard there this week Matty Russell was an interesting one. I know. I don't think Lowy's had any dramas with Jason Saab, but I, I do know he's keen to get in. But Who might, would win that fight? You, 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 you mix in these circles. Oh, well, look, I haven't seen enough of either of them, Matty, to know. I know um, Lowy hang around. Hunch. Tyler, Tyler, Tyler Sergeant Wilson was a really good mate of mine, and he's been in that corner. So I'm just going to go basically... I'd back Zach early on just because I know the calibre of people will be around because he's been doing stuff with Brett Harriet and Tyler Sargent-Wilson, who's obviously a, a pro before. And he actually spends a lot of his time these days down at uh, on Windang Road in uh, in freestyle MMA's gym with a bit of Joe Lopez and Alex Volkanovsky. So, mate, I've got to back the Wollongong boy. Absolutely. I reckon, I reckon Saab would float like the butterfly and I reckon... Uh, Lomax might sting like the bee. One would have the footwork, the other might land the, the punch. He'll come down to the ticker, mate. We'll see. They're both, you know... They're both outside backs in footy and they do a lot of grunt work, so it'll probably come down to that type of stuff, I'd imagine. Well, we're here. I'll, back, I'll, tell, you one, I'll tell you one thing I will say, Matty. Zach Lomax's gas tank, mm. elite. Elite, okay. elite, elite. So that's one area I'd probably be backing him as well. He's one of the fittest human beings in rugby league. 0457 736 736. Where should Tim Zoo's October fight be staged? Give us your preferred venue. We're here thanks to the Wollongong Golf Club, Impact Garage Doors, impacting homes for 20 years, and the Illawarra Mercury. Head to illawarramercury.com.au. And as I mentioned, Avcon, time to talk Friday night footy. To set it up, let's have a listen to this. No set restart. Sloan forced the ball. No, he did. For the moment, the referee says try. He's trying to pick the ball up, not trying to ground it. Oh, he says Terrell Sloan was trying to pick it up and not ground the ball. And the Warriors, the Warriors might have the gift of gifts. Unless he's had an air swing here. They certainly had the gift of gifts. Warren Smith, the Warriors home 18-6 against St. George Illawarra. Adam Fanua Blake absolutely butchered a try in the first half when he didn't ground the ball properly. Nonchalantly looked certain to score, but in the end knocked the ball on after a, a lackadaisical put-down. And then he ended up being gifted a try when Tyrell Sloan tried to scoop the ball up rather than grounding it. Strange night, three tries to one. I reckon there were about four tries bombed 
as well. But the Warriors get it done in front of 25,000 plus again at Mount Smart Stadium. Eden Park or Mount Smart for the Warriors come home finals time. Uh, other talking points last night for Newell Blake, more than 200 run metres. Chance Nickel Klukstar, eight tackle busts. Adam Pompey, the other try scorer with those aforementioned two. Sean Johnson, two more try assists, careering towards the Dally M in the eyes of many. Blake Laurie. Now, Mitch Jennings, yes. Blake Laurie, 23 runs, 177 metres, 48 tackles. Since Jack DeBellin went out with suspension, Blake Laurie has said, Dragons, get on my back. I'm going forward. Mate, there's a reason people are anointing him as a future skipper of the club, Matty. I've said before, I think he has state-of-origin capabilities, and people laugh at me. I don't know if it's just because... I don't know if it's because appearances. I don't know, because he obviously does... He, has, he looks like he's more out of the Winfield Cup than the Telstra <laughs> Premiership, but... But blocker... As a bloke, as a player, everything, nothing not to like about him. And I think he's, you're right, he's been absolutely outstanding through this period. And talking to him, Matty, you talk about it, a lot of the question around the Dragons players, do enough of them care? Are they invested enough? He, the amount he cares for the club yeah. and wanting to play finals and wanting to get it back where it should be, it just drives absolutely everything he does. And we see that in his performances last night. I'll tell you what, I don't know how many tries you'd score with 13 Blake Lorries, but you know, you'd certainly be in every contest right to the end because, yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal leader, phenomenal performance again. Luke Metcalf did his hammy for the Warriors, sad, given he missed the first half of the season with exactly the same injury. But Tamare Martin returns this weekend. He'll come back through New South Wales Cups up. Could be perfectly timed that Metcalf goes out. Tamare Martin comes in. Uh, where should the Warriors play that home final? By finishing top four, they'll get one at least. Um, what are you thinking, Mount Smart, or would you like to see Eden Park used? Which one's the bigger, Matty? Eden, Eden Park, Park's obviously. Much, much bigger. Well, much, much bigger. But, but the clubs, so, it's the traditional home. They've been selling it out all season. Do you say, well, mm, for consistency and continuity? No, Matty, I say, you go, I definitely think you go to Eden Park. I think there's not even a question for that because this is more than the the Warriors going well this year. This is rugby league in the entire country of New Zealand. This is And it's slap bang in the middle of, of Auckland as opposed to South and significantly. And you've got to remember too, this was a this was a country that didn't get any NRL action through COVID. We all know about the sacrifices the Warriors made to keep the competition afloat and keep it running in recent years through COVID. They've come back, they've rewarded their fans who just kept supporting them from afar. I think this is a celebration beyond merely the Warriors and beyond merely Mount Star Stadium. I think the biggest venue you can possibly get, you, you put them in. If Penrith and the Broncos are the top tier, where do the Warriors rank in your mind? Like, obviously, they're second or third tier. The question is, do you see the Warriors being able to upset those teams I just mentioned through the finals, the likes of Brisbane and Penrith? I see them, I see them being able to do it once. I, I find That's all I need like to that, do it. Well... That's what I mean. But like, I'm talking about the path through the finals, oh, Matty. Yeah, you just right. you just saying that they're just. I'm talking that that big performance where they're going to take the big one off a big team. They're going to need one. Okay. They're going to need a lot to go right for mine on the way through. I don't think they're going to be able to graft and grind and battle their way through. I just don't think they're quite there yet. And we've seen teams. I mean, there's got to be some sort of caution if we look at the teams that were on the sort of run they were on last year. We're talking Cowboys. We're talking Sharks. They got there into that top four, and then it, all the wheels sort of came off for them at finals time. It didn't quite click the way it had through the regular season. It's a different beast, and there's all those things you've got to navigate. But if they can navigate the first part without 
it taking too much of a toll on them without copying injuries, anything like that. They might have that one performance in them on grand final day that can knock a team off, certainly. But it, it, I think they can do it once. I think okay. that they need they need a lot to go right for them to give themselves that, that puncher's chance. And from a Dragons perspective, if you look at uh, coaches' rankings in terms of cents in a dollar, one being lowest, 99 cents being highest, let's say that... Uh, Let's say that Ryan Carr's price was 25 cents when he took over. How much have his stocks risen to the perfect $1 since he took over at a 25-cent uh, interim coach? Well, he's got to be he's got to be nudging it, Matty, because since he's taken over as interim coach, he's probably been playing with 25 cents against people <laughs> with a full dollar, like just with his roster and the way... His stocks have gone from 25 cents to 80 yeah. cents, surely. There's, oh, the way his team is fighting, the way he's, he's handling himself. He's been absolutely remarkable what he's been able to pull out of it. Matty, and I understand the sort of right it's been for him because I sit down there and do his press conferences just about every week. A lot of time I'm the only journo there. So I've understood not just the coaching side of things, what he's dealt with as an interim. It's been tougher than your typical interim gig. He's had all the drama around his skipper wanting out and that type of drama. Even just recently, Talatal Moan was back in court with sort of off-field things happening. There's been never a dull moment. He's got a crash course in everything that you can you can sort of deal with as, a, as an interim coach. And... The biggest thing is the the way he's brought that group together. They're clearly having a crack. They, uh, like, it's not not to just knock Anthony Griffin, but under that tenure, just the, the resolve was not there. They mm. tro- they folded like cheap linen on far too many occasions. Drag. We spoke so often about how many games they were in under Anthony Griffin, how close they were, but they couldn't win them. They they folded. There was no resolve. There was a mm. soft underbelly. I don't know why that was. You know, it, it, it's raking over whole over old coals to go back there and try to figure that out. But under Ryan Carr, the way they've um, the resolve they've found, the way they're playing for each other, the way they're getting themselves in these games. It's just remarkable. And last night was one of the most impressive of the lot. I think you said as Adam Fennell would like bomb to try, but, you know, Junior Ramon, not known for his defence, that last effort to to hold on and just deny that try probably speaks to what he's getting out of these guys. Tell Ramon defensively has had lapses and hasn't been one of the strengths of his game, but there he was in that last moment trying to deny the try, kept him in the game, gave him a sniff. It's those type of plays that... Ryan Carr's been able to get out of this group, particularly those young guys. Uh, I think he's there's a reason he's in demand elsewhere. Yeah, well, for other clubs, Matty. when he took over, he didn't want to celebrate that that Anthony Griffin had gone. He won his first game there at Cogra. It was a very memorable occasion, taking down the Roosters. He's got the team to punch above its weight, as you have said. He's handled the media really well. He's had to navigate the Ben Hunt situation, the media interviews pre-game, the press conferences amid controversy when dudded by the referees. But I like that. I like that he, as an interim, he, he, Absolutely. when he's given a cup the odd spray, I think that warranted, whether you agree with him or not, he felt the need to stand up for his playing mm. group that was emptying the tank for him every week. And he went in there and he came off the long run and risked the wrath of all sorts of things as an interim coach. You're not going in there as a Wayne Bennett or a Craig Bellamy and, or a Ricky Stewart and, and going in there and, and giving people a spray. You're going in as an interim coach that could really get some blowback there. So I think... In every aspect, I think he's ticks just about every box. And I don't know if he'll be at the Dragons, Matty. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, there is. There's a reason that he's, he's in demand around the league. After this, Dolphins-Cowboys. The Cowboys beating Wayne Bennett's team 34-10. We'll chat it next. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. With a chance here to increase their lead again. Fidifayaki, now that's a sight, and that's a pass. And the 200-gamer, Pedahiku, gets over. And that gets the Cowboys excited. 
Nice moment last night, Peter Hicku scoring in the Cowboys' 34-10 win against the Dolphins. Matt Russell alongside Mitch Jennings, brewing casting from the Wollongong Golf Club. Geno, I thought the Cowboys should have put 50 on the Dolphins last night. Had they improved their for and against, they might have had a different scenario in the final round. Basically, what the Cowboys need to happen is they need to beat Penrith next weekend and hope the Roosters roll South Sydney. So fate is not in their own hands. What do you make of the Cowboys' charge? You and I were both saying that it reminds us a little bit about what happened six years ago. Yeah, that's right. It was a 2017, and that was the year. Oh, you know, it all blends into one, Matty, but I'm pretty sure off the top of our head, as we confirmed, that was the year JT obviously kicked the uh, the winning goal for Queensland with his shoulder hanging off. Didn't feature at club level for the rest of the year, and they scraped into the finals there, and, and Michael Morgan went on that incredible run of form to take them all the way into a grand final. But then, they were, you know, it's got to be said, Matty, they, they, were, were, gone. they, they were spent once they hit the grand final. They were having beers on the Sunday before the finals. Yes. Other results, upset results, fell their way and thought, hang on, put the beers down. We've got to go back to training. We're in the finals. Yeah. Then they made the grand final. They My, did, Matty. They it's did. the same sort of scenario. It is. But, oh, Matty, I think they'd be disappointed as a club they're in that situation. It's, it's been a year of flops, Matty. Not to be too negative about all of it, but if you think about... The Roosters been highly disappointing. South Sydney are on the brink, it looks like, of one of the, the most underwhelming, unfathomably underwhelming campaigns for a club. You've got Parramatta, obviously, going out of the eight. There's been a lot of sides that have really fallen away on standards they set last year. The Cowboys were a team, I thought, the way they were really on the on the build, and you just thought they were a side that was going to be better for that, that top four run and that experience, and they went out to a, to a desperate eel sob, but you just thought, this is the start of something for the Cowboys, this, and yeah, this year they've just been really ordinary. I think being up there and being, obviously there's up in Queensland too, you've had the, the Dolphins there, the story of that through the first half of the year and obviously the resurgence of, of Brisbane into a genuine title contender. So the Cowboys have been able to go a little bit under the radar, I think, in the disappointing stakes. They have had a lot of injuries, but so has everybody. It's been that type of year. Mm. That it's dis- it'd be very disappointing for them that they're in this position. The disappointment stakes that. has a few contenders. Of, well, that's what I mean. They've just gone think past the clock lot, tower it? and it, there's four horses yep. across the track. There's the Cowboys, there's the Roosters, there's South Sydney, there's Parramatta yep. and uh, they're not going to... But I'm, I'm probably, out of all them, Matty, I'm probably most disappointed in the Cowboys, like I said, just because you thought they were starting to know yeah. something. The Eels, we always thought, would come back to the pack. It was disappointing to, to miss the finals the way they have has been highly disappointing, but I think we all expected them to come back to go at least go backwards on where they were. The Roosters, we all thought, and Serge, they'd be disappointing South Sydney as well. But the Cowboys were just, they were sort of becoming everyone's second team last year as the way they were sort of moving. But look, they, they may scrape into the finals. They may get a Panthers side that is uh, very understrength. Ivan Cleary's made a habit of freshening guys up that week. And obviously there's the Jerome Luai factor. But Matty, I, I just think, should a team that gets 66 points put on them by the West Tigers... <laughs> Oh, no, Should they going. be disqualified from finals there and then? <laughs> like, honestly, Matty, they really. There's a team that do. I know one performance, and they did avenge that in quite emphatic fashion. But I think a team that's copped a touch-up from the West Tigers by 60 points, I, I don't know if you deserve to be in the finals. A big fan of Saturdays in the gong is, is Lara Pitt. Her and her wonderful husband, Anthony. I think you're moving to, to Wollongong. They love this Why area so much. So, so, Lara, do that. But... Lara, a colleague at Fox League, loves a good story and knows how to nail a good story. She's covering one today. She's flying to Melbourne with uh, Ryan Pappenhausen to make his yep. return 406 days after, after he did that knee injury, smashed the kneecap. But aside from the Pappenhausen story, I know that Lara's a big fan of the Jermaine Asako story because Jermaine Asako, this time last year or, or, or recently, was playing Queensland Cup, was gone 
Yet here he is, probably finishing with the Ken Irvine medal this year after two tries last night. It's a good yarn, isn't it? It's a terrific yarn. And it's, it's look, I think Wayne Bennett touched on it in the post-game presser last night. More remarkable, the fact that uh, the, where are the Dolphins running for points scored this year? 10th, outside the top 10, I think, for points scored. And he's in that position and going to grab all those points and score all those tries. There's, it's been a remarkable year for finishers in general, Matty. If you look at DWZ, you look at Michaeli Ravalawa, you look at all these guys that are... And Ollie, Alex Johnston, who's always in that mix. So there's some quality finishing going on this year. But you're right, he was cast off. It was really strange. He came through with such... So highly touted uh, at Brisbane. He was sort of going to be... A lot of people said, oh, he'll be a fullback. And he'd had a lot of... Just a lot of raps with him. But for whatever reason, just drifted under whatever coaching he had or, you know, I think it's Wayne Bennett didn't try to really put the finger too much on what on last night about why he drifted, just the fact that he was a guy that he was exactly what the Dolphins were looking for too, someone, a bit of a uh, an uncut diamond that they wanted to sort of fashion into something going forward and he's just, he's been absolutely outstanding, it's a credit to him. He's an athlete, isn't he, to watch, he's fast, he's skillful, he gets over he's the line He's a beautiful, well. beautiful kicker of the ball, but you yeah. know, the goal, look, certain people, you can be, you're, it all comes down to your I wonder where you're going so you get some, said, yes, He's no. a beautiful, beautiful... But you get, some, uh, you get some plotters that can knock him over from everywhere, but then you get some that are just, they, they're like maple syrup as they move in and kick that ball, Matty, and he's poetry in motion. Cowboys next week against Penrith, a crucial game at the foot of the mountains. The Dolphins finished their first ever campaign against the Warriors at Suncorp Stadium. That is next Saturday, 3 o'clock on Fox League. Time for the news afterwards. A bit of spring racing with Jim Barrow. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Now Zaki, and quickly Zaki went up to take the lead from Think It Over. The inside, Princess Grace. Fangirl on the outside running on. Princess Grace, the inside from Zaki. And now Fangirl is starting to lengthen. Fangirl wide out. Princess Grace, the inside. Princess Grace and Fangirl. Fangirl won the wing stakes. Fangirl right on the wire. Beat the American mare, Princess Grace and Zaki third. Peter Volandis told anyone who wanted to listen last week that Fangirl would win the Winx Stakes. So Fangirl off to a good start to spring. Peter Volandis likewise with his with his tipping. Matt Russell, Mitch Jennings and now Illawarra Mercury sports editor extraordinaire Tim Barrow. Baz, I hope you were all over Fangirl last weekend. Yeah, it certainly was. I was watching the track conditions uh, just hoping and praying that it was going to get to uh, a, a good enough ground to um, to really see Fangirl's best. And I think you can pretty safely follow her now throughout the prep as long as it's uh, maybe a six or better. I'll be crying for dry ground the whole way through its career, as it seems. <laughs> I mean, it's run, was it four times it's run, it's placed behind Animo. I've been a huge fan of, of Fangirl all the way through, backed it hard in the George Ryder last year. It's, it's just been... Almost, it's just been quite a luckless run despite us being close. The breakthrough, like you said, Baz, must be one to follow through spring now, having got that breakthrough. And if it gets, obviously, some um, some solid ground under its feet, uh, can really can really probably go on a run. Yeah, I think you can back it pretty, pretty safely throughout the preparation now, as long as you're going to get those track conditions. I mean, she's just run into a really good one in Animo throughout her career, but she's a, a star in her own right, deserves the success that... Hopefully will come this preparation and also, um, you know, a, a shout out there to Kerry Parker and think it over with um, running really well. I mean, let 1.4 lengths off um, over the 1400 on return after that long tendon injury that kept think it over out. Uh, was only a length off Zaki and was just squeezed out late, not that he was ever going to win. So 
To do that over 1,400 first time back uh, is a really impressive training performance. And uh, I think Think It Over, the, uh, the Cox Plate dream is still alive. We should tell listeners, Think It Over trained at Kembla Grange by Kerry Parker. So there's an Illawarra theme to Think It Over, Geno. It was funny. I know you've spoken to Kerry along the way, Baz. And a lot of people probably thought that once that type of injury, it's not one that you return from. But are you, are you pretty confident amongst the, the connections and training there that the, the ceiling remains the same, that they've brought, uh, brought in strong enough fashion that the goals they always had for it are, are still in play? Yeah, I mean, Kerry was at pains to just want to say that he wanted to see him come through safely last week and just make sure that he was structurally sound because you you just never know quite what you're going to get until he's under race day pressure like that but he'd always had the quiet confidence that he would be able to get think it over back I mean not many come back from these tendon injuries but um, obviously there with the technology and the rehabilitation I mean it's like any elite athlete you can um, you can get them back from ACLs and uh, all sorts of injuries in footy now and, and quicker than ever so um, they've done all the work. Um, they've obviously got him back sound. And I, I really think the fact that he's run a length of Zaki over 1,400, who, uh, having beaten Zaki in the, uh, the Queen Elizabeth there last year, there's no reason to say that you know he can't go through the spring and meet a big feature, whether that's the Cox Plate or not. But you'll never... You'll never guess who's joined us. Matt Campbell, the great Matt Campbell, has strode into the Wollongong golf course. So we've got the whole gang together, all four of us, and I hope you backed Fangirl last weekend, <laughs> Matty Campbell. I did, I did. Thanks very much for having me, boys. You, you took time out from your skiing trip to back Fangirl. I That's did. fantastic. I, I, well, it's in the group chat. I had to make sure if I got on that. But, so he uh, does read the group chat. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, just I thought you were just a perennial lurker that sits right. down there and waits till the Bulldogs lose to throw some shade at Baz and then disappear for the next 20 messages. Exactly. Worst I, group chat participant ever, <laughs> Matt Campbell. Tim Barrow, give us your runner to watch out of last weekend. I feel like a bit like George Harrison now that I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm the one on the phone while all you three are, uh, you three are together. Um, yeah, oh, look, uh, one today to follow is uh, Kadinsky Abstract, the Waller runner in race eight, the San Domenico. Um, so it's a $3 million full brother to Sunline, uh, which is eye-catching in itself. The only time we've seen it on track was a, a pretty impressive win uh, on debut at Canterbury and has trialled like a bomb as well. So one to follow today in race eight. Um, that's uh, a really promising prospect there. We saw Buena um, Noches last week win the Group 3 Show County. Um, if it's any chance of getting to the Everest, it has to go through a couple of grades yet, but it could only win nicely last week. So... Yeah, there's plenty to follow, like Shinzo and Think About It, uh, Joe Pride's horse, uh, the Stradbroke winner, coming back to um, to the spring. But, yeah, I'm really interested to see what uh, Kadinsky Abstract does in race eight today. I'm trying to write down your tips, Baz, but I can't spell half of them. They're, they're very complicated complicated names indeed. I like King Colorado last week, the big, big finish. Didn't get a clear run down the straight, but looked like it had plenty in the tank and just needed a bit more luck. So there's one to follow out of last week. King Colorado headed towards maybe the Golden Rose, Caulfield Guineas, Spring Champion Stakes, Victoria Derby. There's a, there's a few question marks still to go over that, but there was promising signs last week. Um, Jeno, what are you looking at there? You're scrawling through your sports bet app? I'm getting a corn, Corniche. I don't know. I never know if I'm saying them right. Cornish, <laughs> yeah. Cornish there. Uh, what's that? The San Domenico. I'll, I'll, 
trialled well off the prep. I think Nash Roller on board can go pretty well. And obviously, yeah, we're getting, even through the line, Matty, we're getting a lot of love there. Text lines. <laughs> Matt, Matt from, I don't know whether he's from Mount Isa or he's tipping Mount Isa, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, but Baz, today there are a couple of Group 3s at, at Rose Hill. You mentioned one of them. Uh, just take us through those two races. Uh, yeah, well, I was just looking at uh, my other tips there today. I was going to mention Cool Die that uh, haunted us a bit in the uh, the Kemmler Classic, which is a Group 3 last preparation when we were on track there. Matty, we back Cool Die, which is uh, race 6 today. Um, but I think um, might just get we might just get our money back today. I think it'll be winning. Uh, there's a couple of other favourites that I like early on. I think you can... Uh, Cash in on Wine Glass Bay Race 2 and Marques Race 3. Um, the other tip that I had for today is uh, the Kembla type, uh, Cuban Royale. Now, he might be a rising nine-year-old, but uh, if he matches the form of last preparation, he should be going very, very close to winning this today, about the $18 mark. So if you're looking to make a couple of dollars in the last, I think Cuban Royale is a really good bet each way in the last. Matt Always throw it in each way, Cuban Royale. It's mm. about my, my lovely bride, Ange, has collected big on Cuban Royale. Okay. In fact, I think it's the only one she's ever bet on, but she's I about a sneaky bet on that as well. There you go. Matt Campbell, handy. do you have a Matt's mock? I do, week? actually. The midway today, it's race four at Rose Hill. I'm staying there as um, casual connection. It's, it's not a massive mock, but gives you a bit of value at $8.50. I just... I've followed this a little bit. I, I like where it's at. I actually think it's a dead set chance of winning today. I've just had the one bet today. Race 8, Rose Hill, Moravia. little tip there for something at, yeah. at Juicy Odds, Moravia. Now, Tim Barrow, before we let you go, I, I noticed that the kids' junior soccer is over, so it doesn't sound like you're standing in the middle of a preschool at the moment. When it comes to making the mercury or banging the gong or a word of wisdom regarding the Bulldogs, what do you got for us to wrap up, mate? Oh, I don't know whether I've got the heart to go back to the Bulldogs. I, I tell you what, though. <laughs> What's Tavita Pangai Jr. still in the lineup for? Well, you, you, you need to explain this to me. Why is he still playing? And I don't think Bulldogs fans would have an issue because we watched Sonny Bill Williams walk out of the club not so many years ago. So why would they worry about Tavita Pangai Jr.? who's only going to throw a silly offload in the fifth minute anyway? Um, I just don't understand why he's still in the lineup. Like, if... If Seraldo's looking forward to round one next year and looking at where his players are coming from, who's going to be selected, I know that's a long way away, I know, obviously, but you know, you want some young players to come and put their hand up the next Matt King, uh, Max King, or the next Jacob Preston. So I, I just, I'm not really sure what it means to the club culture that a guy who wants to quit an $800,000 contract to go and get punched in the head is still playing first grade. Gee, those errors, that, those silly errors that he makes, they can cost you a big in a boxing ring, a heavyweight boxing ring, Matty, <laughs> as well. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it'll cost him quickly, mate. I'm, I'm willing to bet the first cup, first few that he fights will be a couple patches. of Heinz, Heinz baked bean cans, I think. <laughs> yeah, okay. But okay. we'll see. But yeah, if you make silly, silly offloads and silly errors, can uh, can cost you big in the ring. But well, I, hey, good on him. Good on him for going all in on it. I I'd agree. Say. But hey, I don't know if there's any Bulldogs fans even uh, happy about <laughs> even looking forward to next year with what they've been able to show this year. So well, let's ask. It's going to be ask a few lean years. Tim Barrow, 2024, what's happening this time next year? Are the dogs top four, top eight, or top nothing? Oh, no, I, I mean, I, I genuinely think there, there could still be a top eight chance because you've got to remember they've got to have Stephen Crichton and Blake Tapp coming <laughs> into that setup. I know I know they lose Avarillo, but their best team provided, uh, you know, they, they can get some of that go forward because 
You know, they haven't had Luke Thompson there this year. They, they've had a number of injuries in the forward pack and they've, they've struggled there. But um, they're going to have plenty of strike because you add, add Taff and uh, Crichton into that team. And provided that Toby Sexton gets a good run at halfback next year, I mean, I think there's plenty of upside. Um, I'm not saying they're going to be an instant contender, but I, I still think there's plenty of optimism. Tim Barrow, good punting. Enjoy Canterbury v Manly tomorrow on Fox, Fox League. Great to chat. We're back after this to talk Boomers. Australia out of the blocks in a big way at the FIBA World Cup. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. The text line 0457 736 736. Matt Russell, Mitch Jennings and former boomer Matt Campbell. Matt, last night, Australia out of the blocks at the FIBA World Cup 98-72 against Finland. We're ranked number three. They're ranked number 24. What do you make of it? Yeah, look, I mean, you know, the, the result was the way it should have been. We, we are the third ranked team. We, we, we've got a, a, a team of... NBA superstars, we should win that game. Now, they didn't come out of the blocks well, which was surprising for me as a boomer. Like, that's some of the things you sort of pride yourself on. You want to set the tempo. You want to set it straight off the bat. So I thought they were a little sluggish to get off uh, get off the ground. Um, there was a lot of pressure on these guys, though. You, you're talking about Josh Giddy, you know, an unbelievable freak in the NBA. And, you know, this is his first time on world stage this way. And... Uh, Mate, didn't he perform after that? So mm. he came 14, close. 9 rebounds, 8 assists. Am I right in hearing there's never been a triple-double at the FIBA World Cup? That's because it's a 40-minute game, right? That's correct. But I, that that even, that's, even that stunned me. <laughs> that stunned me too. I could not believe yeah. that. Lamelo Ball was able to do two back-to-back. Josh Giddy, when he was in the NBL, which is the same... 40 minutes. 40 minutes. Yeah. Uh, we're able to do it. So, yeah, for, for someone like, um, you know, at that world stage, never to do it um, and to for Josh to come so close. and He'll get he'll, one this tournament. I think so, too. And he looked like he was just going through his gears in that game. Um, you know, that is a, a, a sign of how good he is as a player. Now, Paddy Mills had 25 points. You know, he, he that's the way we wanted him to get off in the World Cup. Um, he's a big key to us throughout this whole thing. You know, we need to be people to be able to put the ball in the hole. Um, we saw in the lead-up games when Paddy had a bad game, we lost. Mm. So he's very important to the to the campaign. Joe Ingalls' three-point <laughs> shooting was important. Paddy Mills, Joe, they're the uh, co-captains, 35 years of age. We're not too old, are we? Uh, no, I don't think so, no. We've got a couple of veterans in the team, which which carries on the boomer culture that Brian Gorgian's been so good and instrumental in bringing into the, into the program. Mm. Um, you've got to be able to carry that over and hand it to the next generation of your Josh Giddies, your Greens, um, Dyson Daniels coming through, Jack White, Xavier Cooks, all these guys are all NBA guys that are that are now going to carry that mantle into you know into the future years. So I thought, you know, like I said, they did exactly what they needed to do. Finley came out; they had nothing to lose. They they shot the ball well in the first quarter. They kept us to a low score, um, but then ultimately the the talent just just prevailed. I think there's a huge place for veterans in FIBA. We see some great great players that play up to their 38, 40 at FIBA level. It's a tough grind. I'm, I'm actually not. It is surprising, but I'm not stunned by the fact that there hadn't been a triple-double. But defensive basketball at FIBA level is just so hard to overcome. It's what even our NBA superstars we see at the Olympics with Team USA struggle with often early in those sorts of tournaments. But I was very interested to watch Mick K do up Reef, Matty, because Jock Lando, I said when he came to Melbourne United, I said there, there is no better... He didn't win the MVP that year, but there was no better foundational chip player than Jock Lando, and I thought he was going to play that same sort of role. He's still not yet the biggest name. He's, he's among them now, yeah. but... It, 
people would have thought, oh, we can get past him. I think he was as big a loss as far as what we're doing, almost on par with if a Paddy Mills had gone down. He's that crucial to getting the best out of everybody else. I was really keen to have a look at Nick Kay and Duop Reef. What did Duop end up with? He had eight, five, and two. He's going to have to come a long way. He's going to have to have the tournament of his life, really, isn't he, if they're going to get over that hump? Because that small ball is tough to sustain through an entire tournament. Yeah, totally right. And and you are, you're talking about a grind of a, of a World Cup where you're playing against those Eastern European teams who've got those big lumberjack-type guys that are, that are basically just going to bash you. And I, I looked at it, too, and I went, oh, you know, Landale has that ability to be able to handle that physicality, but he also, the speed to get around it and we showed that at the NBA level when he was against the Joker in the finals that he could handle it for a small amount of time. Him going down is a big loss to the Boomers. Like that's going to put a lot of pressure like you said on the rest of the group I think we're elite in the guard positions into the small forward and the power forward position. I think we're going to struggle being coming up against some of the centres um, you know you talk about the French centres it's 7 foot 3 you, you, there's a lot of guys that are massive that I think we might struggle with but Gorgian's been He's a master of, of, of the strategy of the game. He's been man, trying to manipulate this team to play a different style, um, more more the NBA slash NBL style to try and give us an advantage at the World Cup. So uh, I'm still confident that we've got an ability. The problem we've got is our shooting. Like if Paddy isn't on on the night, there is who else is going to stand up and be able to put the put the points on the board. Well, we get to see the second game against Germany. There'll be no clash with NRL for you, Mitch Jennings. So 6.30 Sunday evening, that's 6.30 uh, Eastern Standard Time. Australia against Germany. They're ranked number 11 in the world. So they're our highest ranked opponents of the group stage. We go Finland, tick that box, Germany, then Japan. The Boomers with a win to start the campaign. We're going to have a quick break. Then when we come back, Matt Campbell's got some exciting news regarding NBA talent scouts coming to Australia. We're back right after this. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. It is almost time for the Mowers Club on 1170 in Sydney. You can keep listening to Saturdays in the Gong via the app. We're going to have a full look at Super Saturday and, of course, tomorrow's Sunday ticket on Fox League as well. We're talking hoops right now with former Illawarra Hawk and Boomer Matt Campbell. Matt, the Hawks start Father's Day, a trial against the Breakers. The Blitz starts 17th of September on the Gold Coast. And you were saying yesterday about how much interest there is out of the NBA. Yeah, unbelievable interest. 21 teams have already registered to be at the Blitz in on the Gold Coast. NBA teams. NBA teams. Not, so, not to compete, but to send talent scouts and, yeah. and, and talent ID officials, yeah, right? Yeah, so 30-plus uh, scouts and GMs to come out to check out all the next stars. Uh, one of them, which is AJ Johnson, who we have on our team, but there's, there's lots loaded. Busted nose, are you okay? Busted nose, it's okay. He'll, he'll be okay. right. They need Alex Volkanovsky to referee. I heard <laughs> J-Rob and uh, Will Hickey the other day, Hawks, uh, Jacob Jacomas naturally welcomes the intensity, but I'm thinking if it's going to keep going, we're going to need to get Volk down. He's a club ambassador. Totally. Get him down to blow the whistle for the scrimmages. Get <laughs> him the referee. Matty, real quickly, when you were playing, you wouldn't have had an NBA talent scout at your tournament at all, Never. Would you? Never. They should have come and snapped <laughs> up Matty Campbell. They Time for some news. You can keep listening to us Wollongong on the City GWM Right up. Visit them for a test drive today. Welcome to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Oh, 
Friday, Saturday mornings, all right, for Saturdays in the gong. Broadcasting from the Wollongong Golf Club, thanks to Impact Garage Doors, impacting homes for 20 years, the Illawarra Mercury, and our new sponsor, Avcon. To Ryan Burke and the team at Kyoma, thank you. Well done, Avcon specialising in industrial and response projects. Matt Russell, Mitch Jennings and Matt Campbell joining us for the start of this second hour. Matt Campbell, last night the Dragons nearly scored after nine seconds. The game would have changed right there. That's what cost the Dragons. Nine seconds in, Zach Lomax knocking on. Mitch, was that a try? Oh, I don't think so. No, No, neither do I. I, I, I thought it was... I was caught up in the... Caught up in the moment of it, going, "How good was that?" And I think, look, I think it was pretty simple in the end. There was enough of a hand on it that went into the hand of Watini Zelezniak, makes it a knock on. It would have been if there had not been a touch from Watini Zelezniak. Then you get into this interesting grey yes, area of, yes. "Oh, was it deliberately propelled forward?" Then you can sort of make an argument each way. But and I think in that, if I recall, Matt, he did the referee awarded a try, didn't he? Yeah. And so in that, so in that instance, you might have mm. been able to. But the fact that it got a bit of a hand from well, Watini Zelezniak made it a pretty simple call. Well, that was the rule that I didn't know. I didn't know the propel forward rule was in play that way and I, I I suppose it makes sense from my point of view but watching it live when I saw the highlights because I was actually watching the basketball at the <laughs> yeah. time but um, it, it looked like it was a try and I'm like oh what's wrong with that well, it was um, an old Daily Messenger rule all the way back to then he used to used to go to the line and then those big heavy leather balls he'd throw it in the air punch it AFL style over the line, run through and catch it and take off. So that's the propelled forward rule. Right. And there's been different variations of it. I hear a lot of people, Pete the Perfect Panel Puncher from Putney was talking about uh, Lord Ted Goodwin being yeah. having a variation of it that they ended up having to outlaw as well. So people have tried to do it along the way. But yeah, that is a that is not a well-known rule, but it is a rule nonetheless. But I heard you talking about it this morning, boys. What I was glad to hear what you guys were talking about with that game was the way that the Dragons turned up again. I, mm. I'm liking the effort. I'm liking what they're building in that space. And, uh, you know, that would that allows the fans to be able to watch the game and, and sit there and, and go through the losses, but knowing that they're, they're giving it their all. If they're having a dig, fans will normally accept it, even Agreed. in defeat. But if they're not Stick having the a dig... fans down this way. Yeah, it's got absolutely. to be said, particularly the, the Steel City fans. It's just, same with the Hawks, Matty, as you know for a long time. It's a, they're a fan base down here that will always, if you're having a crack, they'll have a crack for you. Is Blake Laurie going to win the Dragons medal? Is there anyone above Blake Laurie? He'd have to, as far as performances over the entire season, yeah, he's got to be at winks like odds, you would think. If you're looking at the back half of the season, Zach Lomax has had a really strong finish, but of course Mm. he was all over the shop early on, and a lot of it probably not his own fault, really, but he (laughs) he had an up-and-down season and ended up in Reggie's there for a bit. Yeah, if you're looking at performers all the way across the season, it's very, very hard to go past... uh, Blocker Laurie. And the presentation night, in. September 5, they brought it forward, learning from uh, They haven't, they've not mucking around there. Uh, and it's in Wollongong as well. Come yeah. on, Roddy Wollongong. Yeah. They, they basically walk straight out of their final game, warm up into the presentation <laughs> Yeah, night. they do. They do. Well, The look, girls not, haven't finished their season. They're like not waiting around for the girls nah, this time. Nah, no, they're going to be... Less trouble. I'm just waiting. I'm just, I keep expecting Matty to see, like, we'll rock up on the red carpet and we'll just see, like, the old prison bus come down and all the players will get wheeled into the, into the prison it, with the chains, like it, a chain gang. Would it be Just to make sure they get there. Yeah, no alcohol. Improper of me to start with a roll call. If you do that, Matty, if you don't do that, you're a coward. But I'll tell you what, I mate, might do that. I'll tell you what, one thing I will say about all the jokes aside, I've got no doubt, I've got no doubt there will be a romping turn up because this is a group that is very together and very tight knit now under Ryan Carr as we spoke about. So I'm sure you'll see all the guys there enjoying each other's company and you won't I reckon you won't even have a sense of how the season's gone. There's an optimism coming with Shane Flanagan coming in. I think they're, they're a tight-knit group, which is very different to what they have been. I think 
the presentation will be very, very different to what we previously saw. Maddie? I'm going to start with a roll call. <laughs> yeah, you have totally. to. No, absolutely. If you don't, Maddie, I've got it here. Let's minute that. And, and right I, here. And Saturday, I reckon 9.07 on Saturday, the 26th of August. I've already got a long Maddie list. Russell had his, had his joke list. A long list of apologies. Uh, Graham Annesley apologised for not being here. <laughs> and for rounds 18. Matt, Matt, yeah, you're wasting it, Maddie. You're wasting the material. Okay. Good, good material. You've got time, time for set of six, boys. Uh, we've got... Some great games still to come in round 26, the penultimate round of the competition. And um, there's a word that I reckon we only use at this time of year. Can you grab it? Can you work out what it is? Mitch Jennings, you're a great wordsmith. A word we only use at this time of year. Permutations. Permutations. Can you spell permutations for oh, me? Permutations. I, I, I tell you what, I, I use machinations a lot. Oh, well, I'm big on that. When you talk about all the machinations and things, so machinations and permutations. Yes. Is there a difference? I don't know, mate. Neither do I. Yeah, anyway, yeah, that's, I, don't that's know. I do know they are spelt differently. <laughs> Matt Campbell's I can tell you that much. rolling his eyes and shaking Where's his the seagulls. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get into it. Set of six this afternoon, three o'clock, Fox League, Melbourne, Gold Coast. Ryan Pappenhausen is in the 17. He's going to play in jumper 19 off the bench. Uh, do you consider Melbourne a premiership force with Ryan Pappenhausen in the back line? I considered him a premiership force without him in the back line. I thought they were good enough to get thereabouts. With him in the back line, they become a red-hot force. I've said all year, Matty, on this show, I said, you put him in that spine, they're the best spine in the competition. And if you've got the best spine in the competition, you're a red-hot premiership Totally person. agree. And I think they needed this injection of talent um, at this time of the year. And I think they're a real, they're going to be a real surprise packet throughout the finals. Question one and a half. How many minutes for Pappenhausen off the bench today do you guess, Matt Campbell? Uh, 35. He's been, they wanted him to log 80 in the cup. I reckon he could get more. I reckon, he, I reckon they'll want him to get plus 40. I reckon mm. it's 30 minutes off yeah. the bench either side. You reckon? Of, either yeah. side I, of I reckon they'll Through want the him to nudge 40. Through yeah. the middle. Um, Roosters-Tigers. This is the 5.30 game this evening. I'm at Allianz Stadium for this. Do you know the Tigers have never played at the new Allianz Stadium? And they didn't play at the old one. Since 2018, so I, I thought it was one of their home, one of their 17 home grounds. No, they thought they had played there. They played the SCG, but not at, at Allianz Stadium or the old SFS since 2018. But that's not my question. How many try assists for Sam Walker in his first game since round seven at NRL level? Three. Three. I reckon. I reckon you're right. I reckon he brains it today. I reckon he explodes as well. I'm good. I'm going to say two. I'm, I'm not going to be that optimistic. Oh, I, come I, on. Out of all these, no. I'm just thinking there's a chance of an upset here. I reckon the Roosters, with all this new form, it's all great. Teddy's out. Oh, this is going to be fantastic. We're, we're riding the ship. The Tigers have only got a couple of more spins of the spins on the table, right? right. I reckon they could throw everything. There's a chance of an upset oh, there. come on. I'm telling you, there Turn is. There is. I reckon out of, of the three, there's an up, chance of an upset there. Oh, but, everyone I've spoken to this week has had exactly the same attitude as you two. Some people have said absolutely not. Roosters by 30. Other people have been in your camp, Mitch, saying, yeah, this is a, dang, a banana skin I'm not game. saying I'd do it, but I'm telling you, it's right for one. The way they've been this year, the Roosters, every time they've hinted at getting back to what we... Our semblance of what we think we can produce, they've taken a step oh, back. Grab your George, George just stands a wallet out of your pocket and put a hundred on it. Then. They're going to be spoilers. They're going to be because everyone's talking about this game we're going to have next week, Rabbitohs Roosters, and how big that's going to be. Well, Tigers sits there and just wouldn't want to spoil that. Sam Walker, since he returned, two games New South Wales Cup, he's kicked six from six and had two try assists yeah. in in each. Tonight in the capital, Raiders Broncos, possibly the final home game for Jared Croker. And guess what? It's his 150th premiership game at GIO Stadium, his home deck. Does he have a winning or losing record at home? Have a guess for me. I, I think I think in milestone games or just in general? No, no. Overall, in all his premiership games, so 149 so far at GIO Stadium, does Jared Croker have a winning or losing record Ooh. at home? I 
came in in some tougher circumstances, been up and down. I'm going to say, I'm going to say losing. Okay, oh, I'm Matt saying Campbell. winning, but it's close. Okay, well, Matt Campbell, you'd be right. 79 wins, 70 defeats. Okay, that so equals it is close. 149. So it's close. 79, 70. He didn't get rested. They didn't rest him to make sure. <laughs> no, no resting. They've just no got him resting. in there. Okay. No resting. Tomorrow, what a blockbuster this is. Canterbury against Manly. Uh, sadly, it's one of the few dead rubbers that the NRL is tossing up at this time of year. So give me one reason you're going to be watching this superb production on Fox League tomorrow. Manly against Canterbury. Why are you shaking your head, Mitch Jennings? What time's it on? Because <laughs> the cupboard's Two bare. o'clock. <laughs> because it's rugby league, Matty, and I love rugby league. Okay. And look, dead rubber, like you say, so some size that might throw some caution <laughs> to the wind. We might see some decent footy. And listeners who've joined us late, you're wearing a hat that proudly reads, Run the Damn Ball. I'll Who would you urge to run there the might damn be a ball? Scrap. There might be a scrap. When there's nothing, no next week, and there's nothing to worry about. Sometimes they explode. Sometimes you might get a scrap. We might get some old school, Matty. Okay. And tune in. Okay. Hmm. Matt Campbell, shake the head. Well, I, I might have finished the lawns by then and cracking a beer, maybe sitting on the couch. That's what if the I, only chance. What if I told you I was sidelined? Would that make you tune in? <laughs> well, mate, I would. For your stats, I would. To hear, to hear who scored, uh, to hear who last scored a try on that blade of grass in 1982. I, the, 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 better, the better question is, how are you going to keep the listeners <laughs> oh, I've got something special. In. I've got something oh, special for them tomorrow. Heidi Clum's joining me sideline. Now, uh, Newcastle well. against Clum, yeah. What's she doing these days? Um, Same sitting sideline yeah, with yeah. me tomorrow. Sitting sideline. I knew, I heard she's a huge uh, Bulldogs fan, so it's been a tough time for Heidi, it's got to be said. Huge Bulldogs fan, huge NRL fan, huge Matt Russell fan. Now, Newcastle against Cronulla, uh, blockbuster. Knights have won seven in a row, right? You've got to listen carefully here. The Knights have won seven straight and scored 26 or more in every one of those seven. So scoring freely the back five firing. Cronulla, the opponents, have won three in a row and they haven't conceded more than 16. So their defence is, is watertight again all of a sudden under uh, Craig Fitzgibbon. What wins? Newcastle's attack, 26-plus in seven straight games, or Sharks' defence, not more than 16 in three straight? What if what if Newcastle don't get 26 but win? Or what what no, is the criteria well, in this? Is this just who's to win is, or who? What Newcastle wins? under. What, what, what are we talking about afterwards? Newcastle's attack or Sharks' defence? I think, uh, I'm going to say Sharks defence. There's no secret that that's what's turned them around. They were looking mm. like they were going to go in that list of flops that we were speaking about earlier, Matty, but really turned it around. They've done it without the footy for the I most totally part. Just, I think up there, yeah. Totally agree. I think it's going to be uh, the Sharks defence. I think they're, they're finding some form at the right time. I, I love what the Knights have been doing. Um, at the end of the day, defence wins championships, and I think they'll, they'll hold up. Over the last couple of seasons, the Sharks have shown so much in defence and then collapsed, and I reckon tomorrow's the game with the Ponga and the back five, the sellout crowd at Newcastle. They are just humming. I, I think they're unstoppable at the moment, the Knights. Something will stop them in the next six weeks or five weeks. Have a look. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Ah, that puts you in a good yeah, mood good. every Saturday morning. We can't play that enough. It's my, Come stair, on. It's my stairway to heaven, heaven Matty. Wollongong, it's my, Matt you know, my purple rain. Alongside Mitch Jennings, we're broadcasting from the Wollongong Golf Course. Thanks to Impact Garage Doors, Illawarra Mercury and Avcon. Now, uh, Tim Barrow, who we spoke to earlier today, Mitch, uh, has reminded us that they're racing at Kembla today. Eight races, including the Caitlin Ford Provincial Class 1 Handicap, the Mary Fowler 
fillies and mares maiden and the Jess Hull maiden. So I thought to myself, there's got to be an omen bet somewhere in there. I went to the Caitlin Ford handicap and down the bottom, queen of the stars. Now, if that doesn't ring as an omen, the only trouble is it's $81, 13 the place. So there are a few omen bets in the Caitlin Ford race. Right. When you look at um, headstock, when you look at... Uh, uh, I don't know, Karaoke King. Can Caitlin sing? Maybe she's a Karaoke King after I, the Matilda I'm not sure. Games. I'm not sure. There's, you can look through everywhere and but see. Anyway, like you said, you can find an omen bit in a lot of places, can't you? Nice of the Illawarra Turf Club. Great, uh, yeah, great, great group down there running Could have enjoyed things that. at Kembla Grange. I'll tell you what we should point out. Delta Amazovsky, they've even thrown her in there. Obviously, a Commonwealth Games. She recently broke uh, yes. Sally, uh, Sally McLennan's long-running... Is it McLennan? I've got it right. I used to say Pearson still. <laughs> oh, that broke that uh, 20-year-old record in the hurdles. 20 years old, under-18s record. She's only 16. Delta she Amazon. is a superstar. I'm telling you, everybody, if you want to talk about omen bets, take any in that race, the last at Kembla. Get on that, get on that bus, because she is an absolute superstar in the making. They've got the congratulations Opals race as well. You look down there, there's the Jess Hull maiden plate. So well done Matilda's Midway. They're celebrating the uh, rise and success of women's sport. If there was race nine, it would have been the congratulations Diamonds, but the well, netball, but they only had eight races. So okay, well, anyway, go. good. Well done, Illawarra Turf Club. Now let's chat Illawarra Rugby League. To set the scene, we've got to listen to the dulcet tones of Mitch Jennings. Just straight and hard, and he's reached out. That might be the one that gets them home. There's his second on there for Sepulveda. Sepulveda back on the inside there. Hitchcock's, Hitchcock's is off his left. He's going centre field. Rodriguez. Oh! They're going to say Devils knock on. Devils knock on first. Full time. It is the rule. 18. West 16. Skips to the outside for Eremai. Going to try to position McCann. McCann down the sideline. Got Gromick in support if he can find the pass. Infield for Gromick. And there's the try back to back sets. Brilliant rugby league from the reigning premiers. Legions 24, De La Salle 6, Collegians. They book the first spot in the Illawarra Rugby League Mojo Homes Cup Grand Final. There you go, some action from last weekend. I was talking to Sammy Bremner, who calls Men RLW with me on Fox League. Her hubby plays for The Rule, and she was watching Bar TV to keep up with her hubby in action over the weekend. That's where we can watch and listen to you, Mitch Jennings, and Johnny Pett. How do we go about covering or watching local league through Bar TV? Oh, it's, you go to Bar TV's website, mate, and it's sitting there. It's, uh, it's there. You can watch it. We got uh, It's the one game today, the prelim final, but, uh, yeah, there's plenty of places to find it. The Mercury site through the regular season, but uh, very good. Yeah, the good stuff after that. BarTV.com.au. Yes, beautiful. Right, Bar, Bar TV Sports. BarTVSports.com.au. Yes, that, okay. uh, you know, Wayne Wayne Bremner, uh, Sammy's husband, one of the legends of this competition. Yeah. He's in my team of the decade. I actually spoke with him this week ahead of the the game against the Rule. He's having his last run around this year. He tells me so. Yeah, he's one of the great warriors. Want to go out? Former Paul McGregor medalist, the premiership winner, all those type of things. Sammy so the said that he was retired. So obviously, yeah. So he's uh, they've got the the Virgin little family that they're About building now. Now the player manager should be all over that crop <laughs> because you've got one of the greatest ever yeah. and you've got a Paul McGregor medalist. The bloodlines there are rich. Yeah, well, the are rich. he's about to be a father of three youngsters. Yes, so you he go. and Sammy are about to be, be very busy uh, and it's great to work with Sam and yeah, Wayne doing great things in Illawarra Rugby League. So very quickly, just recap what happened last weekend. Two finals, the winners. What's the scenario now? 
Obviously, yeah, in the minor, the elimination final there, Thoreau taking on West and Thoreau getting the job done there. You saw the, the end of it. Uh, West came very, very close to pulling it out of the fire. Thoreau were in command of that for a long, long way, but still almost found a way to, to let it slip. But they were better, the better side for a lot uh, a lot of that, that clash. They, they sort of came in. They were seven and eight coming in, and you sort of wondered... You know, if there was a sense of timing about their run because they've got the personnel back. Wayne Bremner, we spoke about among them coming back in the last round, and they really seem to have a sense of timing about them. They've got a, there's a lot of confidence. They're starting to hit their groove at the right time. I guess being out of that out of that top two race uh, early on, early on in that piece, sort of gave them the ability to just sort of time their run to get everyone back at the right time. It, rather than being in that sort of top two rat race that you can get lost in. And certainly one the rule haven't benefited from in recent years. That was their first win on the weekend in the final since 2018. And oh. they've been minor premiers and they've gone out in straight sets their last two trips. So they'll be happy to have that monkey off their back heading into this one with uh, with De La Salle. But um, De La Salle, I've got to say, it's coming up against Collegians. And I said this on Grandstanders with my great mate Johnny Pett through the week. I, I don't know if you can ever get a, full, a completely faultless... Uh, performance in the game of rugby league, but Collegians went mighty close to producing it there against De La Salle. De La, obviously the minor premiers, they were coming in on a seven-game winning streak. They'd scored astronomical amounts of points and got over the line first in that uh, in that major semi-final. Couldn't strike a blow again. The defence from Collegians was just swarming, impregnable, whatever you want to call it, but they uh, they couldn't really strike a blow, and the pressure goes right back from mine on De La Salle, given the way they came into uh, the finals, the form they were in. And a little bit, as we said along the way, that the lineup, just the, the structure of the club and the way they're set up as a bit of a feeder to Newtown and also down into the Cronulla Comp, their, their lineups can change. They can have some sort of instability in their in their 17 week to week that at this time of year, the other clubs don't or try to avoid. So, but uh, some big ins for him. Chaz Jarvis is a absolute superstar who's been out injured. He comes back in today, uh, and obviously the big in was Jack Williams, their their halfback. He's really the axis on which everything spins for them and. He was uh, cited for a lifting tackle in that game uh, against Collegians, and I, I really thought he might be in strife at least to miss one game, but an early guilty plea, he's escaped suspension there, and he's in, he's a key in. But there's just a feeling that with the rule, if they can take them into deep water, everyone I speak to around this, neutrals included, just think if you can take if they can take this one today into deep waters, if it's in the balance late, the longer it stays that way, the more it plays to the rule. De La Salle have the ability to take it away from them early on. They'll come out firing. It's all really started poorly last week. Both sides did last week in, in the minor, but they're going to have to address the start. So it, it comes down to that. It'll all come down to the start for more. If they last start strongly and put points on the board, it'll be, you know, cruise cruise control heading into a grand final. But if it goes into a grind down the down the stretch, start to lean towards the rule. It's a toss of a coin, though, that one. I'm really looking forward to, uh, to calling it with Johnny Pett. And, of course, the Dragons giving the Couchman brothers permission to go and play with the rule this week. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd, that'd be great. Yeah, that wouldn't, that wouldn't cause a stir. <laughs> Don't worry, Della Benny, Benny Ca- They'll have one Couchman out there. Benny Couchman will be <laughs> yeah. running the water for the rule, and that'll be about it. <laughs> okay. So that's a beauty today, then. Uh, can, I, can I get a tip from you? Well, yeah, you can, because we've already given it this week. I've, I've gone with the rule. Uh, okay. If you're really twisting my arm, just on, on that basis <clears> that... Oh, I think they're hitting their straps at the right time. Dealer have had some changes in their lineup, and they really struggled to strike a blow in attack last week. And Collegians have the best defence in the competition, but Thrull, despite finishing fourth on the ladder with a losing record going in, actually had the second best defence. So they've got that ability to frustrate and, and really make De La Salle work for their points. And like I said, they grind and graft it. They're, they're fully fit for the first time since about round four. I've just got a feeling about I've just got a feeling about the rule and, and timing. Uh, I actually tipped West to beat them last week, so that'll be what I think there about timing. But having watched that performance, seen where they're heading, I'm very, very, very 
gently leading towards Thoreau. Okay, when it comes to South Coast Group 7 Rugby League, the ladder finished Stingrays on top by a win. Then Geringong, a win clear of Shell Harbour. Three points behind them now. Abomadary, Milton, Ulladulla, part of a group of teams on 16 uh, with a better for and against. So let's have a look at the draw uh, for the finals starting yeah. tomorrow. Now Abomadary at the Abomadary Sporting Complex against Milton Ulladulla. And then Geringong against Shell Harbour. Both these games, 3.30 tomorrow. That Geringong Shell Harbour game at Michael Cronin Oval. Mick Cronin Oval. Jeno, give us your take on Well, that one's on the Sunday, actually, Matty. The Geringong Shell Harbour. Both both Sundays, yep. So we're sitting there now. Abomadary to me... it's great to see. I, I wrote this week that it's just a, it's a win for the competition. This this minor qualifying final because you've got two sides that you know it was, wasn't that long ago. Milton Oladala in 2019 couldn't finish the year in first grade. They had to drop out and go back to reserve grade. They had COVID, everything else. Last year, three wins all year they had. And now Abomadary last year four wins. So seven wins between the two of them last year. Nowhere near finals. And under Adam Quinlan, obviously there at uh, now Abomadary, the Jets, they've really come on. They were giant killers early on. I actually spoke to him this week and he was actually, you know, slightly disappointed they didn't finish in that in that sort of top three mix, given that, uh, you know, they've, they've knocked off some big guns. They were going with confidence because they haven't got to the finals by simply beating the rest, as you sort mm. of can in a top five system. They've knocked off Stingrays. They've knocked, knocked off the Sharks through the year. So they'll be confident if they can navigate this one, that they can give it a shake. And Milton Aldala under Andy Lynch, just a new lease of life down there, what he's doing, a young side. Um, obviously, a lot of young guys that came through having won a lot in the juniors, so they sort of come in and haven't carried the baggage of the club at first grade level and have got themselves there and given themselves a punch's chance. So that'll be an absolute belter of a game. And Shell Harbour will, their uh, first their first trip to the finals since before COVID. So they've okay. been, for a powerhouse club of that competition, they've been quite underwhelming in recent years, Matty. So they... They came in this year on a real mission to write that, and they've done pretty well. They could have easily finished with the minor premiership. Won 11 straight, Matty, through the year, and they've copped the loss last week in the final round, and that brings in the debate, doesn't it? You go, is it better to have just copped that loss, you know, and just yeah. and to reset for the finals? That's what we're doing. Jaron Gong will there. Usual suspects, Matty. They're there in the mix every year. So either way, you're going to get a great game, which is one of those you uh, you head out to. Oh, I love hearing stories of country rugby league clubs rebounding from tough times and having final success. It means a lot to their communities and all their hard-working people behind the scenes. Now Abomadary against Milton Ulladulla. Jeringong against Shell Harbour. Week one of the Group 7 Rugby League finals. Winner take the news and afterwards, Toby Dawson drops by to talk. A rugby union before the World Cup really warms up. Back in a moment. GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Great to be with you for the final weekend of winter. A little amendment to those Group 7 Rugby League finals this weekend. Now Abomadary against Milton Ulladulla at Bomadary Sporting Complex today. Not tomorrow, today, 3.30pm. Tomorrow, it's Geringong against Shell Harbour. The website I had in front of me, incorrect. Today is that now Abomadary Milton Ulladulla game. Now it's time to change codes from Rugby League to Rugby Union and a bit of this. Ah, the French national anthem because that's where the rugby league world is focused at the moment. Viva la France. The Wallabies are there preparing for the Rugby Union World Cup pool games against Georgia, Fiji, Wales, Portugal. But first up, there's a late hit out, a warm-up game against the French, the Frogs to some, 
early Monday morning or Sunday night our time. Toby Dawson is our rugby man. How are you, Toby? Very well, Matty. Yourself? You're going to be able to stay up until 1.45am yeah, well, we'll on a school night? Checking in on this. Do you power through or do you set the alarm? You always power through. You, you power through 145. Come on, we've all done that. Well, I might be able to get to 145. I power through if there's a 3am kickoff. 145. I'm still I'm still going, where's this Uber? And then I fall, <laughs> I fall asleep at 150. That's my problem. <laughs> hey, uh, the Frogs are going full out. They've named a full strength team. No, no easing through the warm up game. They want to, to make a statement here. Yeah, they're setting a tempo for a home World Cup. You know, they did what um, Australia's doing this World Cup last year to set up exactly for this moment. So. Four years ago, relatively relatively young side, relatively inexperienced side. They've held that group together for the last four years. They're an absolute powerhouse, going in as clear favourites to uh, claim the William Webellis Cup. How's, uh, how's the drunk uncle been this week? Eddie Jones. I, want to say, I don't know where that Akubra is. I'll, I'll be very <laughs> surprised if that Akubra made it off the tarmac. Well, I haven't spotted that it. just went frisbeeing somewhere. In all the news uh, reports, the, the, the Akubra's been MIA. Mate, he's sobered up. I reckon he's, you know, he's thrown it at a hostie. Oh, someone's copped it. I'll tell you what. No, it's, it's, I've, been, I've been all week as a journalist thinking how I can undo the, the, all the damage I've done to Australian rugby for the last 10 years. I've, you know been, the, I've been doing it, Matty. The funniest props in Australian sport this week have been Eddie Jones. Jones Akubra and Luke Brooks Barbecue. Yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> you make good use props. of both, This you? is Australia, right? Yeah, like... they're just in the wrong hands, aren't they? With those two together, I mean, you can make it right, maybe. <laughs> hey, maybe, uh, should, maybe Eddie should have got the barbecue. He'd have been a bit happier. Is Steve Hansen an honorary Australian now? Well, I'll tell you, the PM wants to revoke his citizenship from New Zealand. Um, but look, I think that's a massive win for the Wallabies, you know. We've got a really young side. We've got not much old head experience around a World Cup um uh, setting, what the game's like, what that mental toughness is like. To have Steve Hansen there who's won a Rugby World Cup to help mentor and guide the team, the coaching staff you know, in the lead up too, because we've got the be- we've already won at the World Cup when you look at the pool. We've got such a really friendly pool, we should be making it through to the quarters. So whatever happens against France this weekend, it's, it's the Wallabies testing. You know, France are going to set a tempo, but we've got this new team that are just testing out what it's like to play this level, play Northern Hemisphere teams and get into the mood of it. As Eddie said, it's a practice <coughs> game, mate. All right, so I don't know how much we can read into the Wallabies. And he said in that press conference he wants to build through, like you said, Toby, that pool isn't going to be overly testing for them. So it's a, it's a chance for them to build into the tournament and try to peak at the right time. Steve Hansen, but, you know, I understand why it's been... A bit of a furor in New Zealand, but uh, that does it's it's great for the for the setup. It doesn't hardly register on the. I mean, sure, rugby's a global game as we know, and there's coaches that coach in all sorts of different setups. Eddie Jones has coached England. Mm. We've had Dave Rennie coaching. Like I, I think it's long moved past the the era of you know having a coach. We've seen it in rugby league. Wayne Bennett was instrumental to that 2008 World Cup boil over for the Kiwis over the Kangaroos back then and obviously he's coached England as well far far more underwhelming results there when he was in charge of the Poms but oh, you know good I say great it's a great get from Eddie he's leveraged a personal relationship there to come in and and help the team out I think it's great and I, I, but it's hardly sensational I, I don't I struggle to see the yeah, yeah. the drama it is I can see I get it I get in New Zealand and, and you know it's a great story and you want to do all that but I think you know part of the course these days in uh, international rugby I think we're going to smash Georgia Fiji Portugal Wales might offer some opposition but that's the uh, group stage for the Wallopies uh, the Wallaroos of course some dramas this week uh, firing some bows and arrows or firing some arrows at uh, at Rugby Australia uh, what do you make of that Toby yeah look I think 
Well played by by the girls there, uh, the ladies, the women, uh, in you know capitalising on some of the interest in female sport off the back of the Matildas. So they've jumped on it there. I think there was perhaps a bit of a misunderstanding around where they were and the commitments that have um, been made. So Jay Dragoning, a Wollongong local, he's the coach of the Wallaroos at the moment. You may have read about it in the paper, but he's been quite clear that Rugby Australia, in his time, have been very open and transparent with where they're at, where they want to get to, and they followed through on all those commitments to date. So it's not where it wants to be. You know, we're um, outside of the top four in the in the women's rugby rankings, uh, but we are also the only one... Sorry, we're in the top four. We're the only country in there that's not professional. So you've got France, uh, England, All Blacks, all professional. We're about to head over the ditch to play against the three top teams in New Zealand as an amateur side. And to be able to play at that level without the professional exposure is big. But we know that Rugby Australia have said by 2025 we want to have uh, the women's game professional. Um, so we want to see everyone on contract. So it's moving in the right direction. Hopefully we get there. We'd love to get there faster, but there's just the cash isn't there from Rugby Australia. Yeah, you've got to strike while the iron's hot and they've seized on the opportunity well. I think they've actually, fought for all the claims rugby in the women's space, used to claim that they were ahead of the curve because they could invest in their sevens program. Well, that's very easy to do when you only invest in a small squad. It's far different yeah. to have a competition. It's far different to invest in an entire side. So I think it was a bit of a false... It was a bit of a false economy there in what rugby was claiming was their investment in women's footy and the global stage and all that. And I think a lot of those girls are going across the NRLW now and I think they're going to have to get that full 15 aside set up going right because it's they've been not going as well as it's appeared just of piggybacking off the success of uh, rugby sevens of the women's. Yeah, and when you look at the exposure levels, right, so we've got 16 teams in the, in the NRL, we've got five professional teams in rugby. So the mm. opportunity to be exposed, to have a good volume and number and quality of games is just a lot less. And then you've got 18 teams in the AFL. So the blessing of the Australian sporting landscape is also a bit of a curse when it comes to rugby. And before we get too far away from the... Uh Rugby Union World Cup, England dramas. Owen Farrell, his two-game ban upheld. So he's going to miss games against Argentina and Japan. But that's not going to be catastrophic for England, is it? Oh, I reckon it'll be pretty unsettling for them in the lead-up. So he was he was red-carded on an upgrade. Um, once you get yellow-carded in rugby, the TMO reviews it to then determine whether it should be upgraded. He got upgraded by the TMO, then got suspended. Then there was an appeal, so the suspension was overturned. Then the overturned appeal... Which was, was a- absurd. Which was absurd. The overturning of the initial set was absurd. It was 100%. farcical. So it I think never we've happen. seen a restoration of the gonna, order. Are we going to complain about England copping some bad luck? <laughs> well, definitely not. You know, if, they, if, if Argentina and Japan show up as they have in World Cups, mm. there is a chance that it could go against England. So if mentally they're not prepared because of all this hoopla, um, you know, if they are not able to plug Owen Farrell's hole in 10 because he's such an important and dominant and experienced player for the team, there's a chance that England could go down in those games. So that means for Australia... It's a great result because we should be playing England in the quarterfinals if everything goes the way it's meant to. Something to look forward to. Australia v England Rugby Union quarterfinal. And now Australia v Japan is what we want. (laughs) We want England gone. Yeah, we want them gone. (laughs) Uh, Illawarra Rugby Union. Now, the final ladder had Shoalhaven unbeaten 16 from 16. Uh, They picked up 15 bonus points from those 16 games. And as a man who studies ladders very carefully, Mitch Jennings, have a listen to this differential. Plus... 669. Shoalhaven, they start the finals against Avondale. Today at Shoalhaven Rugby Club. Tomorrow at Wanuna, it's uh, Kiama against Campbelltown. Toby Dawson set the scene for us. What happens week one of the finals? Week one of the finals, look, it's going to be really hard to give the nod to anyone other than Shoalhaven. They've been head and shoulders. Those differentials just go to say it. But, you know, chatting to some of the Avondale boys yesterday, 
they know that they have to come up with something new um, if they're going to get it over them. And so they are reviewing and revising their game plan, the way they're going to approach this final. So they're going to bring out new tricks that Shoalhaven haven't seen, irrespective of that. You know, we've <laughs> said it all year. You're winning good forward momentum ball through the forwards. The Millers are just so dominant up front. Then you've got the Brandon boys out the back of an amazing backside. Like, Shoalhaven, all the way. I reckon Hands you almost down. don't want you don't You almost don't want to beat them. Early on, you're only going to knock them off once. Yeah, yeah. Save them the grand final. <laughs> you want and to be yeah. on grand final? And haven't day. we heard these stories about teams going through a season unbeaten? You get to the big that's game. Where, yeah, that's where you're going to get them. I, yeah. I don't think you. If a team like that, you don't want to knock them off before the grand final. You're going to get them tricks. once. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Toby, next Saturday we can talk about week one of the Illawarra finals. There'll be plenty of World Cup fodder for us. It's great to have you with us during this fantastic time for rugby union. But after the break, Toby, we're going to talk some football. Jordan Warren sets the scenes for the Illawarra Premier League finals, which start this weekend there's a new player in town Wollongong City GWM Havel visit them for a test drive today you're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track great vision for Adams my tech working for him not Adams best kick crisp still able to impact Lipinski flicks it out and Mitchell finishes it off ah Chris Yandowsis sensational panel operator. He's sadly an Essendon fan. They were beaten convincingly by the Pies last night. So Essendon lose heavily last week, heavily this week. They crash out of finals contention. Collingwood on top of the table. Now locally, South Coast AFL, the Fig Tree Kangaroos, Wollongong Bulldogs both finished 14-2 and on top of the table. The finals this weekend at Mayambar, the elimination final today, 2.20. Northern District Tigers against Shell Harbour City Suns, 5pm today, North Dalton Park. Figgy Roos v Wollongong Bulldogs. What a blockbuster that is, the qualifying final. That's the scenario for South Coast AFL. Let's turn to Illawarra Premier League football and welcome Jordan Warren. Jordan, great to have you with us today. 2.30, an elimination game. Macedonia Park, Coniston, Bulleye. Give us your thoughts. Oh, Jordan's not there momentarily. Yeah, he doesn't, gathering, think, doesn't think much of that he's game, does he? gathering <laughs> his uh, yeah, important <laughs> game today. Coniston, Bulleye tomorrow, Terry Reserve. It's Cringilla against Wollongong. So two finals this weekend. And Jordan's been sensational setting the scene for us when it comes to Women's World Cup. What a, what a period that was. For Australian well, I reckon, sport. You know what I reckon he's doing? He's doing his due diligence on the Caitlin Ford handicap and oh, the Mary absolutely. Fowler run and, the, and <laughs> all that. Grange That's what he's today. doing. Got to get him off his phone. Jordan. Get off the punt. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're, we're, we're trying to get him on the line again because I want to touch on these games. It's a sensational competition, uh, Illawarra Premier League. I was speaking to a, a fellow I work with, um, Scotty Jackson at, at Fox Sports, and he says whenever we play in Sydney and compete against the Illawarra teams, we have a tough ass. So, Jordan, what happens today? Coniston v Bulleye. Yeah, morning, boys. A massive uh, Saturday and Sunday for Illawarra football. Yeah, Coniston against Bulleye in the Illawarra. Premier League at Macedonia Park. It's an elimination final, so the loser goes out and the winner goes on uh, to take on the loser of the major semi-final tomorrow. So it could go either way today. Both teams finished on the, the same amount of points to qualify for finals, so it's, uh, it was, it's anyone's game, really. Uh, Coniston had a slow start to the season, but they've definitely picked up their form in the in the ladder. And Bulleye have been pretty inconsistent. It's been, it hasn't been a Bulleye in the last couple of seasons that we've traditionally been accustomed to in the Premier League. They've, they've always been a powerhouse, but, but last season they were knocked out pretty early in finals, and this year they only just qualified. So uh, it hasn't been the boy that we've been accustomed to, like I just said. But, yeah, today could go either way. 
Give us a Coniston and a Bulleye player, Jordan, that might stamp their authority on today's game. Well, I think that it's actually an interesting matchup uh, in terms of Ben McDonald, the, the Bulleye captain, who of course scored 30 goals this season, up against Daniel Lowe at the back for Coniston. They'll be they'll be on top of each other all game, and there'll be a, a good uh, mutual respect for the two. But definitely no love lost for the 90 minutes or 90 plus minutes, or whatever happens today. That'll be an extremely interesting clash. Daniel Lowe has been, in my opinion, one of the, the best, if not the best, defender in the league this season. He's been a great great acquisition for Coniston. And then in terms of McDonald, there's, there's nothing really that needs to be said about Ben McDonald that already hasn't been. He, he scored 30 goals this season. He's been a, an, an absolute legend for the club. He's the captain. He only just missed out on the Golden Boot this season. Of course, Peter Simonoski from Cringilla netted 31. But, but all, albeit a sensational season for McDonald, I think that'll be the matchup that, that uh, sees which, whichever team wins or loses today. That's good going, isn't it? 30 and 31 goals in a season. So today, elimination, Macedonia Park, Coniston, Bulleye. Tomorrow, Jordan, uh, Terry Reserve, Cringilla against Wollongong. What happens here? Yeah, again, could go either way. Both teams have been sensational this season. Olympic have had some poor results this season. They did lose 7-1 to Bulleye in the middle part of the season. But ever since then, they haven't lost a game. So they'll be extremely tough to beat. Of course, they're the defending grand final champions. And then, yeah, like the Cringilla... Like I mentioned earlier, Peter Simonovsky, 31 goals this season. He's obviously the, the key acquisition for them against Wollongong Olympic tomorrow at Terry Reserve at Albion Park. And, and both teams have got some big wins this season. They, they've played each other. They've, um, they've got some great players between both sides. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of experience. I, I think that Olympic are probably just slightly the favourites, even though that Cringilla actually finished second and Olympic finished third. But, but Olympic have got some big, big game players that have just played for... Some big clubs, former A-League players, former Wollongong Wolves that, that just know how to win those big games. And, and, and their coach, Matt Bailey, has said numerous times that his team really does get up for those those massive games. And we saw that last season when they, they finished second behind Wollongong United and they ended up beating United twice in the finals, one in the semi and, and then in the grand final. So I think that Olympic will edge Fringilla today. I think Fringilla are a, a sensational side, but a, but a number of youngsters, I think the experience will, will shine through. Well, Jordan, sadly, Tom is against us, as has been the case during the Women's World Cup. Thank you for your intel when it comes to the local league. We're reaching the pointy end of the season now. We'll talk to you again next weekend, but time for a break. Then we're back to Saturdays in the Gong to wrap it up. There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Great to have you with us. A new segment of this award-winning show is a random fact from Pete the Perfect Panel Punch from Putney, the hard-working hero now at Hunters Hill, who's been a regular on this show, hasn't missed a beat since it started. Pete, give us your random fact. Matt, my random fact is that in the early 2000s, the SCG was running low on the famous bull-eye soil. Yeah. They thought they might have to change it. Wollongong Golf Club reconfigured a couple of their fairways, and when they did, they found about another 100 years' worth of bull-eye soil. That is a great random fact. Pete, you are out of the blocks in style. Well done. <laughs> I love the fact that the Wollongong Golf Club has helped the Sydney Cricket Ground or the Sydney Sports Ground Trust. Now, back to you. Um, when we have a look at this, Toby Dawson, shoot shield final today. Tell us about that. Yeah, back at Leichhardt Oval, fantastic little ground, but we've got Randwick playing north. Both finished on top of the table Randwick, one of the greatest, most well-known rugby clubs in the world. Galloping Greens, home of Eddie Jones. It's going to be a real battle. I thought that the All Blacks were invincible, by the way. Well, they were when they played Australia. <laughs> they were when they mauled the Springboks six weeks ago. But last night, 35-7, they went down 
to the Springboks, who are now number one in the world. There were over 1,000 caps in the all-black side that lost. Uh, Barrett got red-carded, full of excitement leading into the World Cup. OK, Toby Dawson, great to have you on the show as per usual. Final word to you, Mitch Jennings. What have you got for us to wrap up? Well, I'm looking, keenly looking at the NRLW today, Matty, because everything changes so quickly in that competition. Tightly congested ladder, the Dragons taking on the Titans.